tongue will sing. You're the King of Kings. Yes, you are the Lord of Lords. You are the Prince of Peace, and we praise you, Lord. We praise your holy name. Celebrate new life. He has risen. He has risen up. Celebrate new Praise the Lord. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, he has risen. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Hallelujah. How many is glad tonight you've been drawn by the Spirit, by the Holy Ghost, by our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Turn around, point at somebody. Make sure they see you point at them and tell them you're glad to see them. Glad to see you. Glad to see you. Glad to see you. Glad to see you, all nine of you. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Man, I'm excited. I'm just tickled to death what the Lord's doing. Amen. How many, believe, how many still believe the Lord's doing great things? Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. Amen. Come on, I want to be a part of it. I want to be involved. I want the Lord to know to count me in. Hallelujah. He told, he told them around him, he said, listen, don't be excited about anything else except your name is written. Hallelujah. I'm glad to know, amen, when I was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, my name got inked in. How many is glad for that tonight? If you've not been baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, I pray, amen, that God just deals with you and you make, you make your way to an altar. And we can get the baptism done. Amen. Amen. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer. I know there's a lot to pray about. And uh, pray for this weekend. 
The devil likes Wednesdays and Sundays to have inclement weather. Is that the way you say it? Yeah. Yeah, he likes this. They, and they're saying, I heard on the news, I'll go, uh, Saturday night into Sunday morning, we may get some accum- accumulation. Maybe some ice, depending. I said, oh, here we go. It's Indiana, though. By, time, by the time Saturday gets here, Sunday gets here, we may not get nothing. I think sometimes they do that just to get people to run out and clear off the uh, shelves of the stores. Amen, amen, amen. But how many have a request tonight? How many have something on your heart? Amen. Come on. How many knows prayer's working? Yes, it is. Prayer's working. I can feel the atmosphere. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. He knows every need we have tonight. Amen. Remember those that are still sick. If you know somebody that needs the Lord, just mention their name before the Lord. Jesus, we come to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you, God. Lord, I do. I thank you, Lord, and praise you for health and strength. Thank you, Lord God, for how you provide, for what you provide. And, Lord, I ask you, Jesus, that you would minister, God, to every need, Lord. God, you know our hearts. Lord, you know our hearts. And, Lord, you hear our voice, Lord, as we cry out, as we speak, Lord. God, as we exercise faith, Lord, and asking of you, Lord. God, because you've told us we have not because we ask not. Lord, we ask you, Lord God. I ask you for my family. I ask you for my grandkids. I ask you for my loved ones. I ask you for my friends, Lord God, for those that we encounter, Lord Jesus. Let us be an example. Let us be a light to those, Lord God, that they can see something, Lord God, that would inquire of you, Lord. I pray tonight, God, that you bind us together in a spirit of love and unity, God, that we can accomplish your will. I pray, God, that you bless every soul, Lord God, for coming out, Lord God, Thank you, Lord God, that we can come together, Lord, and worship and praise you. In Jesus' name, we ask you for your favor. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, thank you. You could be seated. A couple things this Sunday, 1030. Amen, we're back in Sunday school, 1030 and 1115. If it snows, Brother Thomas, raise your hand. That guy right there is very capable of getting things taken care of for us. Unless it starts snowing 30 minutes before service time. So if it comes early enough, you, I guarantee him and whoever helps, he, they're going to be taking care of that. Uh, there is a department head meeting at 5 o'clock Sunday. All of the department heads, 5 o'clock Sunday, department head meeting. Don't forget that there. Um, I want you to pray, church. I want you to pray. Uh, there's just some things I feel like the Lord is uh, working on. And uh, I don't want to go into too many details, but I just want you to pray that God will just pour out his blessing because that's what I believe it is. Amen. How many knows the Lord knows how to bless? Come on. Come on. He, he gave us an example. Somebody asks you for a fish, you don't hand them a rock. He's, he knows what it means, amen. When we ask him for something specifically, he's going to bless, amen. He knows how to be a good father. So let's just bind together and pray. We're going to the month of February. We're going to continue our prayer meeting at noon on Tuesdays. And uh, I, I inquired about maybe moving them around noon on Tuesdays to noon on Thursdays and vice versa, 6 o'clock on 6 to 7 on uh, Thursday nights. Uh, and uh, the, the pastoral team, we just felt like it, I'm sorry, Sister Laura. She, she wants to make sure we have time to eat afterwards. Lisa and, Char, Lisa and Charlie and Juan has been pressuring us. Uh, me and Bob, we can eat fast. The rest of them are pretty slow. But anyway, time we get done praying and talking, and since I drive a school bus, I have to hurry, and it's, it makes the whole group kind of upset. So we're going we're gonna to make that, Brother James, 11 o'clock Tuesdays, 
11 o'clock Tuesdays. And if there's people praying when we have to leave, they can still be praying. We're not going to change anything, so they can, they can still be praying. So if you, if you get off of work or if you cut out at noon and come and pray, that's fine. But uh, Thursday nights, we're going to do all, the, all month, Tuesday at noon or Tuesday at 11 and uh, Thursday uh, 6 to 7 all the month of February. And so uh, irregardless of whether the announcement or not, you know, come on out. If you run a little late or if you run a little early, come on in, get things fired up, get things stoked up, amen, come and pray. How many knows you can't pray too much? Come on, that was pretty good, but how many know you can't pray too much? How many knows there's a lot of needs, there's a lot to pray for? Oh, there is. Somebody told me one time, said, well, when I get down and pray, I don't know what to pray for. I said, are you serious? Oh, my Lord, there is so much to pray for. If nothing else, pray for me. Pray for our pastoral team. Pray for, pray, just look around. Pray for souls. So we're going to be doing that the month. Of, and then we're going to kick off in the month of February. Uh, we're going to kick off, uh, what's that called? Kids Quest. Kids Quest. Yeah, Kids Quest. We're going to kick that back off on Wednesday night. So uh, we'll be doing that. Now, I want to say something too. And I, I, don't want to, I don't want to kill the service. And since I'm not speaking tonight, I don't have to worry about it. You have to kind of crank it up. But listen, to, I want everybody's attention. I'm serious about this. Our church needs some help. Parents with kids. Anybody that would walk through the pews after a service and look down through there, they're destroyed. Stuff everywhere. Now, something was said in the business meeting about Ivan and Evan. They should not have to clean up after us like that. Can I get a good amen? If you got something in your pew when you leave, get it. Take it with you. Now, I'm going to give you a, a, a space of grace. And I told Brother Ivan, told Sister Rex, said, what we're going to get to do, what we're going to do, we're going to get a, a little laundry basket, and we're going to put it, uh, when they clean out that little place there in the sound booth, and uh, we're going to set it there, and if there's anything left in the auditorium, it's going to go in that basket. And if it stays in the basket very long, it's going to go into the dumpster. Is that fair? Come on, we listen. Didn't we say we, we got to tweak some things? We got to get some things together. That's part of it. If we're going to expect our, our cleaning people to, to do a good job, we got to make sure that they don't have to take the time to go behind some things and do things like that. So please, I, and I told the kids in the nursery just a while ago, I don't mind you being in the nursery, but when you're done, clean it up. Pick up your stuff and put it up. If you have parents, parents, if you have kids in the nursery, we don't mind them using the nursery. Just make sure you check it out before you leave. Okay, all right. Is that good? You still love Brother Wes? <laughs> amen, amen. Let's stand tonight. Amen. Got, got, those, got those hard things. Say, boy, he's on it. He's on it. No, we just, listen, it come up, and I don't want, I don't feel like, you know, we ought to try to embarrass those. That, we don't pay them like a, a regular cleaning crew, so they come in and they try to do what they can. And uh, he, he, I talked to Ivan. He's promised to try to uh, prioritize some things, so we've got to do some things too. We bought three new uh, uh, vacuum cleaners. Uh, a couple of them going to be designated for just in here only, so we're, they won't be dragged all over the place and things like that. So I, I felt kind of bad because I, I know what it takes to do a good job. And uh, so it's just like we said, we want to make sure we kind of tweak some things and get some things together. So help out, okay? If you see, it's our church. If you see something, pick it up. That's just, just as simple as that. All right. Let's pray one more time. And let's, let's ask God just to have his way. Amen. We're going to have another worship song. 
I believe we are. All right. Let's pray and let's ask God to have his way tonight. Amen. How many need, need to hear something from the Lord? Come on. Do you trust the word of God? Do you trust the man of God tonight? Come on, we, we've got to hear something of the Lord. And I believe the Lord's been speaking to us. He's been meeting us, hasn't he? He's been with us. And so let's, let's pray and ask God to have his way. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity that we have. We thank you for the house of God, Lord God. Help us, God, to be keepers, Lord, of the things, God, that you have placed in our responsibility. Lord, help us to take to heart the things, God, that's needed, Lord. And God, you know the things, God, that we're looking to do, Lord. The things, Lord God, that we're looking to restructure, Lord God. Lord, we pray, God, that you send the help, Lord God, that you make a way, God, that you bless us, that you bind us together, Lord. Strengthen our hands and strengthen our spirit in the precious name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Bring your offering forward. They're going to step out tonight. Amen. And lead us in a worship song. Would you worship with us as we sing? This is how we overcome. Your light, it broke through my night, restored exceeding joy. Your grace, your grace, it fell like the rain and made this desert live. Your light, it broke through my night, restored exceeding joy.
you today, God. It's about you today, God. Lord, I'm giving my all to you, Lord. There's none like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. the secret place of the most high it's where I abide it's where I
continue to praise and worship Jesus right now. Come on, just close your eyes and allow yourself to be just you and Jesus. Come on, allow yourself to allow worship to begin to flow. Let praise begin to flow. Come on, something happens when the people of God get lost in praise and they get lost in worship. Oh, we love you, Jesus. God, we praise your holy name tonight, Jesus. God, we praise your holy name tonight. Come on, I feel that in the Holy Ghost. I praise your holy name tonight. Lord, the name is above all names, Jesus. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we worship you tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I was in prayer the other night. Last week, and the Lord just began to deal with me a little bit about praise and worship. 
It reminded me of the holiest of holies place in the tabernacle and how after the priest did everything he could and followed all the steps, he was transcended in to the holies of holies. And the Bible lets us know that the mercy seat would be sitting on top of the Ark of the Covenant. And on each side of the mercy seat would have been a cherubim. And the purpose of the cherubim was to sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And the full earth is, the whole earth is full of his glory. So there was worship on each side. And then that priest had to take the blood sacrifice and pour it on that mercy seat. As I begin to pray, God says, listen, there's something that happens when sacrifice and worship comes together. Because it would be at that moment that everything was completed and the presence of God was able to fall down. Come on, sometimes we need to let sacrifice and worship in our life meet so the presence of God can consume the very place that we're standing. We can't be afraid of sacrifice and we can't be afraid of worship. Come on, one more time, can we lift our hands to heaven right now and just offer up some sacrifice of praise and some worship up to Jesus right now. Come on, life may not be perfect right now, and that's okay. I can still praise Him. Everything may not be going my way, but that's okay. I can still worship Him. Come on, God, you've been so good to me, Jesus. You've blessed me, God, in so many ways, Lord Jesus. Come on, won't you let sacrifice and worship come together and watch how the presence of God begins to enter in your life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we worship you tonight, Jesus. God, you're great, Lord, and greatly to be praised. Give him a hand clap of praise tonight. And match that and lift up your voice. Let him know you love him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we praise you tonight, God. Lord, we honor you tonight, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. I love and appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much. Uh, for your sacrifice and obedience coming out to the house of the Lord tonight. I know that God wants to reward you for that, reward us for that. He loves when we gather together. I truly believe he does. I want to one more time thank Brother Chad, Sister Cindy Hayen. Thank you so much for coming and being with us and helping us throughout this next month. Thank you so much. Their beautiful daughters, their son. They're just a wonderful family. Could we give them just a hand, great big hand clap today? Thank you so much for being with us. I want to get right into the word tonight. John chapter 11, verse 1. And then I want to skip down to verses 30 through 44. It is an honor to be able to minister tonight. Before I preach, I, I came early to the church to pray and to finish up. And as I was on my way over here, I was talking to another principal and kind of talking about how things are going crazy and this thing and that thing and all these weird things that we're facing. And I got out of my car and I started walking up to the church and I opened my phone and I have a message from a parent, from a school parent. And it says, it says, just a quick hello. It says, good evening. This is not an official email, but actually a prayer request. This student will be heading to Morocco after school Friday. He says, well, that sounded profound. Our family will be there until the summer, and I pray Josiah will develop a deep love for our Savior and that this light will shine among an unreached nation. We would be honored and humbled if you remembered him and prayed for him during his journey. 
We just got done talking about how crazy life was and everything we're going to have to do as administrators and things that we weren't comfortable with and open up my phone and say, you know what, there's still people out there. Come on, there's still people out there that want their children to know who Jesus is. And my first prayer when I got to the church, I said, God, let him have a revelation of who Jesus really is. I don't know their belief. I don't know what they fully understand about Jesus. But God said, God, I want you to give him a revelation during this time of who you really are. Come on. And I'm so thankful for that. And it just it made me cry start my prayer. And I just thank the Lord. Thank you so much, God, for dropping that in my soul at that moment. John chapter 1, verses 30 through 44. Sorry, John chapter 11, verse 1, and then verse 30 through 44. The Bible says, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Let's get down to verse number 30. The Bible says, Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house and had comforted her, and when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily, and went out and followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come there, Jesus was, and saw him. And she fell down on his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here sooner, my brother would not, would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept, verse number 36, and then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? I feel bad for Jesus. I feel really bad for Jesus right now. Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave, and it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Then said unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Verse 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hast hearest me, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And he yet thus spoke, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth, verse 44, and he that was dead came forth both hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Just for a few moments tonight, I want to minister on this thought when Jesus steps on the scene. When Jesus steps on the scene, turn to your neighbor and tell him when Jesus steps on the scene. Can we lift our hands to heaven one more time and ask the Lord to open our hearts? Come on, let's really pray. Come on, I believe we need God to move in this place tonight. We need God to encourage us tonight. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you, God. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for inhabiting the praise of your people. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing, for the power, for your presence, Lord God, that we already feel in this place. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus. God, for this opportunity, Lord God, to minister, Lord God. I pray, Lord, you give each and every one of us ears to hear tonight, Lord. Give us a heart to receive, Lord Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, you use this vessel tonight. God, let your word go forth, God, and let it accomplish what it needs to accomplish. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You can be seated tonight. As we read here in 
John, we read a very familiar scripture, something that I'm sure if you've been in church very long at all or even growing up in, in uh, Sunday school, you've heard this. This was a fun story to teach. And uh, we always taught it close to, th- uh, to Easter time and just talking about how Jesus comes and raised Lazarus up from the dead and all these crafts and all these things we can make to show the goodness of Jesus. But a lot happened from the moment that Jesus finds out that Lazarus is sick and the moment he gets raised up. And that's what I want to speak on tonight. The moment between Jesus finding out and the moment to the miracle takes place. Jesus is told right away by people, it says, hey, Lazarus is sick, and you need to get to him right away. We can't spare any time, Jesus, but you need to stop what you're doing, and you need to go get to Lazarus, and you need to raise him up. Jesus, you need to get there. We don't have time to, to wait anymore. If you tarry here any longer, Lazarus is surely going to die. The Bible lets us know that Jesus continues to tarry where he's at. And Jesus even says at one point that he knows that Lazarus is dead. So he begins to make his way back home. Uh, he begins to, to go, and, and he knows he's going to see Mary, and he's going to see Martha. And earlier in this scripture, in John chapter 11, the Bible lets us know that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are all very close to Jesus. See, who I'm talking about tonight isn't a backsider. Who I'm talking about tonight uh, isn't a sinner that's never met Jesus. But I'm talking about a couple people that had experiences with Jesus before. Mary was the same one that would anoint Jesus' uh, feet with the alabaster box and, and dry it with her hair. So she understood what it was like to be at the feet of Jesus. Mary understood worship. Martha was there, and she witnessed this thing happen, and she witnessed what the Lord told Mary when she done this thing. And Mary and Martha were used to being in the presence of God. That tells me they were used to miracles, signs, and wonders. They were used to God moving in other people's lives. Cohen, it's easy to get up, and I can tell people all day long that you have to have faith, and miracles, signs, and wonders are going to happen. And it's easy to get up and tell somebody or pray with somebody or send somebody a text that everything's going to be all right. But it hits a little bit different when you're the one that's sitting there, and you're in the middle of chaos and hurt and brokenness, and you're just not sure how to handle it. So Mary and Martha are sitting there, and Martha's the first one that meets Jesus runs to Jesus, doesn't wait for Jesus to come to her, but she runs to Jesus, and she looks at Jesus and says, if you would have been here just a little bit sooner, everything would have been all right. She had enough faith that Jesus would heal him from being sick, but there wasn't enough faith to raise him from the dead. So in her eyes, hope was gone. Hope was buried. Come on, Mary comes up a few moments later with the same accusation. Jesus, if you would have been here a little bit sooner, Lazarus would still be with us and he wouldn't die. Can I believe each and every one of us are sitting here and there's things in our lives that we bury, things that God has promised us, gifts, callings, miracles, all these things that God says, hey, I'm going to do for you. And we look at them right now and there's no hope in them anymore. And our prayer goes something like this. God, if you would have intervened a little bit sooner, I wouldn't be going through the pain and the hurt that I'm going through right now. Jesus, if you would have came a little bit sooner, my wife and I would still be together. Jesus, if you would have came a little bit sooner, our finances wouldn't be in such a mess. Or Jesus, if you would have came a little bit sooner, maybe my ministry would still be intact. 
Come on, let's be real tonight. We've been in that place before. We're going through chaos. We're going through rough times. And the first person we want to blame is Jesus. Jesus, why did you allow that to happen? I can't believe the Lord allowed this thing to come upon these great people. Jesus walks on the scene of chaos, sorrow, and hurt. He hears about it as soon as he walks up. It's in his face from Mary and Martha, people that should know that he can do great things. What we have to understand first tonight is that good things happen to good people. And bad things happen to good people. Matthew chapter 5 verse 45 says this, That ye may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun rise on the evil and on the good. And he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Basically, there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. You can serve the Lord and have good days and you're going to have bad days. You cannot serve the Lord and you're still going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. But my Bible reminds me, better is one day in the house of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. Come on, now is not the time to be upset because you serve God. But now is the time that you need to be thankful that you serve a God that loves you, that you serve a God that cares for you. Come on, I understand it feels like hell is rearing up his face on you right now. But you need to be thankful that you're under the umbrella of the Holy Ghost. Come on, you, you serve a God that loves you. You serve a God that looks at you, and the Bible says he, he, you're the apple of his eye. You're the focal point. You're the very thing that he does everything for. He loved you so much he came off his throne in heaven. So he could die and allow you to have a better life. So what we can't do is we can't beat up God. And we can't beat up ministry. Because something doesn't go our way. We can't walk away from God every time things get tough. Come on, I'll be real with you. You know how many times, come on, I, in my walk with God, and I thought it would be easier just to walk away. Surely it would be easier if I just stepped away from this thing. Surely it would be easier if we just threw in the towel and we walked away. And how many times in my spirit I felt that? Come on, I felt like Martha and Mary. Man, I, I'm never going to speak in tongues again. I, I'm never going to feel the Holy Ghost again. I'm never going to preach like I preached before. I'm never going to feel God like I felt him before. Looking at things, saying, God, it's never going to be any better. It's always going to be this way. And we look at our situation like Mary and Martha and says, God, it's over. And we bury it and we put it behind a stone. Come on, we can't allow ourselves to get that way. Because what they don't understand is earlier in John chapter 11, Jesus looks at his disciples and says in verse 11, these things said he, and after he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I make awake him out of sleep. Listen, before Mary and Martha knew that somebody was on, the help was on the way, before the disciples even realized that Lazarus was dead, Jesus understood what was going on. I want to encourage somebody, Jesus knows exactly where you are right now. Jesus knows exactly what your circumstance looks like. He knows how close you are to death. He knows what the world says. 
Come on, he knows the things the enemy's put on you. He knows the trials and the tribulations. And Jesus is just stepping back and saying, listen, I'm about ready to go wake somebody up. Come on, I said there's been some people that's been asleep for way too long. And Jesus says, I'm ready to walk on the scene, and I'm going to wake it up. Come on, it was the same thing. He looked at Jairus' family and said, to you she looks dead, but to me she's just asleep. Come on, you're promising your miracle and your ministry. In your eyes it looks dead and it's gone. But Jesus says, no, 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 honey, it's just sleeping. I said, your promise is just asleep. Don't bury it yet. Don't throw away the keys. Don't give up on God yet. Don't roll the stone over the tomb yet. He says it's just asleep. You need to wake up. Come on, I don't know about you, but in 2021, Jesus had to wake me up. Come on, beginning of this year in the first prayer meeting, Jesus looked at me and said, you better wake yourself up. Because if you don't wake yourself up, you're not going to like the results of 2021. Come on here, let somebody know that you need to wake yourself up because 2021 can go one of two ways. Come on, you can find life back in your promise and life back in your ministry, or you can watch it die. Come on, but I refuse to allow myself to die in 2021. I'm choosing to wake up. Come on, you have to make the decision right now whether you're going to stay asleep or whether you're going to wake yourself up. Come on, it's easy to come on the scene and say, Jesus, it's your fault. And Jesus, you should have done this. And Jesus, you should have done that. And all the while, Jesus is standing back and saying, no, 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 honey. I didn't bring this on you. I didn't force you into those situations. But sometimes we make a bed, and we've got to sleep in it. But I'm thankful that there's grace and mercy that falls from heaven. I'm thankful that 2,000 years ago, Jesus got off the throne, and he came and died on a cross. So when the world says that you're dead, he can wake you up. Come on, somebody right now needs to walk by faith and not by sight. Every time I pray, is going over and over again. God, I don't want to see God through the natural eyes, but let me see through the spiritual. God, let me walk by faith and not by sight right now. I know what my eyes see right now in the physical, and I don't like it. But God, but wake me up in the spiritual realm. Mary and Martha look at him. Everybody around questions him. This dude does all these things and he couldn't have been here a little bit sooner so that they didn't have to suffer death. Mary and Martha had no clue that they were getting set up for a miracle. And listen, it wasn't only just them, but the Bible says that because Lazarus died, people came from all around to console 
and comfort Mary and Martha. In other words, sometimes difficult things have to happen to allow some other people to get close to us. I understand it's uncomfortable. I understand it hurts. And nobody wants to go through difficult seasons. But God says things have to happen in order and for a purpose. Sometimes it's to wake you up. Other times it's for other people to come around that you've been praying for. People you've been fasting for. Mary and Martha weren't going to be the only ones blessed by this miracle. But every other person that came around was going to see Jesus in a whole new way. There's one thing about reading about a miracle. There's one thing about having your friends tell you about a miracle. Oh, my goodness, but when you get to see a miracle for yourself. Oh, come on. One of the first miracles I remember seeing as a young man was watching a deaf lady. Yes, a miracle that I saw with my own eyes was watching a deaf lady that was sitting on the front pew of the church who had her ears restored, and she signed to the interpreter, I can finally hear for the first time. Come on, it's something that stuck with me. It wasn't a miracle somebody told me about, but it was a miracle that I was in that service, and I witnessed it for myself. Come on, somebody, you need to realize the miracle signs and wonders that God's placed in your life already. Mary and Martha need to realize the miracle signs and wonders they saw already. As we read through this, Jesus finally asks, he says, hey, where do we, where's this guy laid at? Where's Lazarus laid at? Take me to him. And we know the very shortest verse in the Bible in John chapter 11, verse 35, it says, Jesus wept. Commentaries have all types of opinions and say different things, and we'll never really know what was going through Jesus' mind. We'll never really understand it fully. We'll never really comprehend everything that took place. But I wonder for a moment that Jesus necessarily didn't wet because Lazarus had died because Jesus knew Lazarus was dead. He knew it long ago. The reason he didn't go from the city where he was to this place is because he knew what was already happening and he already knew the fate. So I don't believe Jesus was took off guard that Lazarus died. But I wonder if it was looking around and saying, oh my gosh, where's our faith? These people just ripped into me. These people just blame me for every issue. These people just put this on me and said it's my fault. Where's their faith at? Don't you know who I am? I can imagine, you know how we walk away thinking to ourselves, don't you know who I am? Mary and Martha, haven't I been around you long enough? Disciples don't. How many miracles, signs, and wonders have I done in front of you guys? Come on. We go before God all mad and upset. God's thinking, seriously? 
You're going to let this thing get you all out of whack? I'm preaching to me right now. You're going to let this situation get you all uncomfortable? This is going to be the thing that makes you walk away from me? This is going to be the thing that, that makes everything that I've done. It's obsolete. But listen, as I was reading this, the Lord brought something to my mind. John chapter 21, verses 24 through 25. So, of course, this is afterwards that John's finishing up. Oh, yeah, I did the same thing. This is the disciple which testifies of these things and wrote these things. And we know that this testimony is true. Listen to how John finishes up. John says, I get to leave one more thing with you. And this is what I'm going to leave with you is this. And there are also many other things which Jesus did. The which, if they should be written every one. I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Come on, God popped me a good one. It says, you really think the one who created the world by the sound of his voice, the one that cast the stars in the sky, the one that did so many miracles that the world couldn't even contain all the books, that when your situation comes along, that he all of a sudden stops doing miracles? My God. That you think your miracle is bigger than something he's already defeated? That you think the situation you're going through is so big that he all of a sudden can't do miracles? That he all of a sudden can't do signs and wonders? Do we really believe the difficult things we go through are too big for God? I'm telling you right now, if you believe that, it's a lie from hell. The devil wants you to believe that God's not going to give you the miracle. The devil wants you to give up on your promise. The devil... You know why? Because the devil saw every one of those miracles. The devil himself could write a book about the many times he was cast out and he was destroyed and he was bound up. He says, you know what? If I allow them to allow Jesus to walk on the scene, this problem's going to be gone. And they're not going to be mad at Jesus any longer. That's why it's so hard to pray for your own miracle. Because the enemy understands, if you just get a touch of Jesus, and Jesus walks on the scene, that he's no respecter of person. And the same guy that raised the dead, made the dumb to talk, opened their ears. It's a little quiet in here right now. Listen, the same God in just seven days created everything that we live in. He created all life. He breathed into you, and he called you. Do you really think that he's going to allow you to die in your circumstance? Do you really think in 2021 he's going to stop doing miracles, signs, and wonders? Come on, I'm convinced the best is yet to come. I said, I'm convinced there's more miracles. 
Come on, I'm not talking about miracles in East Africa, in Poland, in Germany, and in Florida, and in the other most parts of the world. But I'm talking about miracles, signs and wonders that land right here at 3120 South Walnut Street in Muncie, Indiana, in the year 2021. Because he said, if you believe on me and you ask of it, I'm going to give it to you. Quit looking at the problem and look for the solution. Quit looking at the grave. Quit burying things and look to Jesus as he steps on the scene in the middle of your chaos. Come on, somebody needs to pray right now more than you've ever prayed before. God, let me experience you in ways that... God, walk on the scene in the middle of this chaos. God, walk on the scene in the middle of my hurt, in the middle of my pain. Come on, I imagine right now in the Holy Ghost that there are some people that was dead and dried when they came into this service. And said, if my people will call on my name, I'm going to come restore them. I'm going to come heal them. I'm going to come deliver them. Because in 2021, I want hell to know that I'm still in the miracle working business. Come on, that's it. It's got to take something in you to rise up that says, I'm tired of the situation I'm living in. Something has to rise up in you and say, I refuse to feel this way for one more moment and one more day. I said, devil, get off my back. Get out of my way. Get out of my family. Get out of my house. Get out of my mind. I need some people to make up in their mind that this service is a is a transition in your life. I'm not leaving here with dead promises. I'm not leaving here feeling defeated. Come on, allow God to burst something inside of you. Listen, there's still more to this story. Because when Jesus came to the grave, he knew that they needed a miracle. And he was ready to give them a miracle. And Pastor Ty, he looked at them and says, you need to roll that stone away from the front of the grave. In my mind, I'm thinking they're going to do that right away, but Scripture says they gave excuses. Isn't that how we are? I need a miracle sign to wonder God. All right, I'm going to do it this way. Uh, hold on, Jesus. It's been dead for so long, it stinks. <laughs> because stuff that's placed behind a stone and stuff that we build a wall around sits and rots. <laughs> huh. The other thing Jesus showed me, he says, sometimes when I walk on the scene, you have to remove walls and stones that you put in place in front of the things that need a miracle. I said, honey, those walls that you've built up from past hurt, those walls that you build up because somebody's done something to you, and those walls that you build up because you've been church hurt. Jesus says, it's time 
that you start tearing down those walls so I can speak life into the very thing that you thought was dead. Come on, I got to open myself up to him. I got to completely open. He knows it's there anyways. So why don't we allow him? He says, I'm not going to tear down walls that you don't want tore down. That means I can't heal things that you have covered up. But we got to allow ourselves to open up to Jesus. God, this is the most hurt. This is the deepest thing right here. Because listen, if it's not dealt with, it rots. And if it's not dealt with, it's going to hurt you more in the long run. It's going to grow and it's going to hurt. I know uncovering things hurts. I know letting God into deep, dark places hurts. But if you want healing, if you want restoration, you've got to roll the stone away from the very thing that you buried. Because Jesus says, it's not dead, it's just asleep. Just let me speak into it. Just let me speak life. Come on, somebody. Let me speak life into your situation. I want to raise it up. I want to give you new meaning. I want to wipe the tears from your eyes. We'll stand all across this place. But listen. Sis, if you can just come play piano. Listen. Jesus looks and says, Lazarus, come forth. Listen. Lazarus was called out by name. And he was raised up. Because Jesus stepped on the scene. He spoke to the, the issue. And gave it a solution. You got to rise up. But it didn't just end there. He says, you know what? The clothes that are wrapped around Lazarus still reminds me of something dead. This is why we have to be sensitive in the Holy Ghost, folks. Lazarus was raised up, and he could not uncover himself. And he could not unwrap himself. But Jesus looked at those around and says, you need to get down there. And you need to unwrap him. You need to wash him up, and you need to clothe him. Listen, you need to tend and take care of the thing that I raised up. Come on, close your eyes all across this place. Come on, whatever it is that you thought was dead and gone, Jesus is allowing that thing to have life again. But he doesn't intend for it just to come to life. But he says, you need to go tend to it. You need to go take care of it. You need to pray over it. If it's your ministry, you need to start investing in your ministry. And you need to start cleaning up your ministry. Because God's allowing your ministry to, to be birthed again. He's allowing your ministry to have life again. And he says, this time when I raise it up, take care of it. 
put something on it that doesn't remind us of death. It's a couple other scenarios that Jesus walks on the scene. There was a woman that was caught in adultery. Jesus had every right to stand back according to the world's laws and watch her be stoned to death. But Jesus steps on the scene that day full of grace and mercy. Those people at the rocks were the judge, jury, and executioners. And they were getting ready to carry it out. See, when you walk in and you're struggling and you feel the weight of the world on you, the enemy is sitting there with stones. Let's finish them off. They've sinned. They've messed up. They've fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus walks in says, no, 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 it's not going to end this way. She didn't know it yet, but he came to the world to die on a cross so that somebody with the same issue could come before Jesus in 2021 not to be judged, not to have stones thrown at him, to be able to come to an altar and lay down that lifestyle and say, I don't want it anymore. Come on, this altar is open for anybody that's looking at their situation and saying, I don't want this anymore. There are some things that died in me in 2020 that I need God to restore. There are some things in 2020 that I allow walls to be built up around. And I wasn't my best. And I don't want to live this way anymore. The Bible says he tells his disciples and followers to go on the other side in a boat. And he's sleeping in the bottom. And a storm arose. Life storms. And they were sure this is going to be the thing that kills me. I'm done and I'm over with. Someone goes and gets Jesus. Says, you got to do something, Jesus. Jesus steps on the scene. In the middle of the thunder. And the lightning. And the roaring waves. You guys have purpose on the other side of the storm. I said, you have purpose on the other side of your storm. There's a revival on the other side of your storm. This is just the enemy trying to convince you that it is today. But what we need is Jesus to step on the scene in the middle of our storm and begin to call out, peace, be still. Well, if you're going through a storm tonight, make your way up to this altar. God, I got to have you step on the scene in this situation. I need you to speak peace 
over the very storm that scared me half to death. Come on. There's some things that you have to do on your own now.